it's been a while since you put me on the shelf. I know you've been distracted by somebody else. It's been a while, but that's all right, you see. And I'll be right here waiting when you want to play again with me. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Cult of the Old. I'm Ian McAllister, and I'm here as ever with my colleagues Matt Thrower and Nate Owens. How are you doing, gents? No, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm uh, recovering from my first bout of COVID. Um, oh dear. But, uh, yeah, no, we're on the men now, definitely. Uh, got through it. So uh, so here we are. Glad to be back you with you guys again after Christmas. Yes, indeed. Uh, although this cast will be going out in the future at some point. We're just back from our Christmas break. So I'm sure we'll all be ready and raring to go and not at all rusty. Everything will be fine. You know what? Maybe it'll bring a little holiday cheer to everybody when they need it. I don't know, you know, when that would be or why, but I like to think we have that power. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Never anyway, know. Anyway, <laughs> it's a, who knows? Yes, we bring you cheer from the past into the future or something. It's such a miracle of podcast. That's the that's the whole point of this podcast, really. Cheer from yeah, the past into the future. You know. Absolutely. What do we do here? We well, each episode, I and my fellow hosts are going to dive into the tabletop gaming past, as we've just mentioned. We are going to turn back the release schedule at least ten years to look at games that were setting tables ablaze in the dim and distant past of a whole decade ago. Over the course of this season, the games we are going to cover will still be available to play, either because they have become evergreen titles, always available at retail, or they are accessible through illegal digital means like Board Game Arena. This cast will be taking a journey into the deepest depths of the solar system in our first sci-fi game of the season. Of course, in order to go into space, we're going to have to build ourselves a spaceship. Now, I'm not a rocket scientist, so this game is all I know about building spaceships. It's fast and like a sideshow machine. Then we'll don our space hat, shout 10-4 rubber ducky, and take up a job as a galaxy trucker. Nate's going to give us a bit of a rundown of what Galaxy Trucker's all about in a minute. Oh, I can do it in under a minute, but I'll probably take my full time. Okay, so Galaxy Trucker. In Galaxy Trucker, we all play the titular Galaxy Truckers, and we don't have a ship, and so we need to build our ship by taking tiles out of a big pool of face-down ship pieces. The ship pieces include things like lasers, shields, batteries to power them, uh, engines, crew quarters, and all these kind of things, and you're all grabbing for the components at the same time. And after you've all ever, after everyone has built their ship, then uh, there's a series of event cards that basically we get to race the ships against each other. And more often than not, the ships get absolutely destroyed. And then we do that two more times. And the person with the most points at the end of that, who has trucked the most of the galaxy, is the winner <laughs> of the game. Trucked the most of the galaxy. Yes, that's definitely a word. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. I don't know what they call them in the UK. They call them lorry drivers. You call them yeah, truckers, lorries. Yeah, I know you call them lorries, but you know, do they? The person who drives a lorry are they a lorrier or just a, a trucker or what? Do they I have think a name? We just call them lorry driver. I think we. I think just we have some. A lot of the time, I think the cultures absorbed this sort of trucker. For, okay. From, uh, tru trucker game from the states, but yeah, HGV. lorry driver. HGV. Do you know the, do you know the acronym HGV in the states? I. It, when you say what it is, I'll probably remember what it is. Heavy goods vehicle. So HGV oh, no. driver, sometimes you hear heavy goods vehicle. Okay, okay. I'm learning. See this cultural awareness. This is part of our mission statement too. Absolutely. The game was released back in 2007. The designer was Vlada Shavatel. Publisher was Czech Games Edition. Uh, I will definitely butcher these name, this name. Artist was Thomas Kursovowski and Radom Pech. Uh, it was nominated for a lot of awards, but only really won the Luteca Idealia. Uh, it was nominated for a lot of things around about the time of release as well. It's had numerous expansions uh, over the years. Rough Road Ahead in 2007, big expansion in 2008, another big expansion in 2012, latest models in 2013, and then missions in 2015. And then the game had a bit of a fallow period and then has come back out in 2021 with a new reprint 
either of you guys know much about the reprint because i don't really yeah i've i've got it i've got the reprint and it is largely the same as the original version except it's got new art uh, which means it's not compatible with all the previous expansions so they're now in the the, the business of reissuing those expansions one by one i think one of them's currently available for the for the new edition uh, mechanically speaking it's very similar except the the trip through space at the end is shorter uh, i think in the old edition there was you had to do three trips through space in this one there there is one and there are optional rules for expanding it to to go back to the three flights if you should want to i'm also going to use this opportunity to to big up the app there's an app version of this game um, which which i'm enormously fond of i think it's superb uh, and if you've never played galaxy trucker it's very much worth checking out because it is one of the few or one of the first perhaps that had a campaign in it so there's an actual okay. narrative campaign where you you start off with small ships and you earn credits and you earn the rights to do bigger runs and kind of like there's there's little little side quests and stuff built in there and things as well it's it's really really quite a clever uh, a clever piece of work and they actually um added a whole new game mode that's perfectly playable in the board game version if you've got it by which uses points to buy tiles rather than just grabbing them off off, off the stack um I, I i don't think the the rules have ever been published but there's nothing to stop you utilizing them if you want to uh in, in your tabletop games but it, it's a it's a really cool way of playing it and i would absolutely encourage people to check that out you have for cheapsies nowadays so the app you can play like that uh, single player game and you can also like play against other players the sort of normal galaxy trucker game cool the app is is really good i've not played it in probably uh it's it's been years now i had it when i back when i was had an android phone and i had it on there and it's amazing that the real-time component of this game works as well as it does there's a couple things i really liked about it like you don't have to keep your phone in landscape mode you can kind of keep it in portrait and that works really well for the real-time part it's it is a really well executed app and i would also give it my recommendation so where do you think galaxy trucker sort of came from chaps or what were the influences on the game was it an entirely original thing or did it pop out of somewhere who can fathom where this game came from it's such a (laughs) it's such a weird little game and especially when it i mean it's not little it's kind of a it's kind of a a beast in its way it's a bit of a table hog yeah it well it really is that and you know it's such a you know it's it's impossible to say for sure i think there's a lot of things in there that sound like you know, they, they took this other thing and then completely like flipped it upside down and did something really weird with it. A good example, the game came out in 2007. There were a lot of tile laying games out at the time. This is kind of following the long trail of Carcassonne and Carcassonne's kind of the most popular tile laying Euro. And I, I, when I would teach this game in the days when I did, I would tell people that it's a little like a version of Carcassonne that we're all playing at the same time. At least the first half of the game is. And, uh, that's probably but it's not really very much like that that was more just to kind of give people a frame of reference the fact is you're doing it in real time just everyone's grabbing stuff at the table and it just it's a um it's it's a really different experience and so i don't know what kind of you know what 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 kind of predecessors a game like galaxy trucker could claim to have because when it came out it just felt like it was one of those things when you play it you're like wow i've never played something like this before so I'm sure there's, there are some things. Maybe you guys have done some research on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I looked into this, actually, because when I came to think about it, it's kind of like I couldn't quite believe. It's, it felt, I remember it feeling very revolutionary at the time. And I went and looked uh, for this podcast just to check whether it really was kind of thing or whether that was just my inexperience showing. Um, but actually, no, it is. Um, so prior to Galaxy Trucker, there were essentially no real-time hobby games no real-time strategy games very you know there were very 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 few real-time games at all uh, and there were certainly none in the hobby sector at all the only game sort of like reasonably well-known game that that preceded um, galaxy trucker was bananagrams i don't know are you bananagrams? that's true i've never never played it i know i know of it and it's incredibly popular but it's not one i've played yeah, yeah. So, I mean, as a, the point is, it's a popular game and, and it's quite well known. It's, a, it's a, like a Scrabble type game where you use tiles to make words, but you're supposed to do it in real time. So that there is a there's obviously a reward for people who can make the, the, the words up the fastest. But other than that, it's it's really got no no precedence at all. And, and 
we really have to sort of like tip our hat to it, I think, and say, well, look at this. This is the game that kind of brought real-time play into the hobby space. And so I think, again, if since we're making up words in this podcast, we'll say that it, it's very much more an, an influencer than an influencee. It's something that, that has had more effect than, than uh, it picked up from surrounding games. It uh, was very novel for the time. And it's also worth pointing out that this is, we've mentioned it several times on this cast so far, but this is another one of those games in just this ridiculous time in 2007, 2008, when there were a lot of really like huge leaps forward happening in hobby board gaming. Uh, we've already talked about Agricola, Pandemic, uh, Brass, and now this game. They all came out in about a three month span which just yeah. sounds unbelievable. That's to say nothing of uh, games like Race for the Galaxy, uh, which came out that sa- at that same Essen where Galaxy Trucker and Agricola both came out. It's, uh, and of all of those games, this is the one that definitely feels the most like something really new as opposed to an evolution of things that had happened before. Uh, I think you can make an argument that, well, you know, Pandemic was a very fresh take on cooperative games, but it didn't have nearly as this sort of weird unseen before quality that galaxy trucker had. I, I, I personally, there's a whole lot. If we're talking about influences outside of games, there's obviously a lot of like Douglas Adams kind of, yeah. uh, in, in you know, that, that sure, tone yeah. is very much in here. Uh, it's got a lot of the tongue in cheek surreal kind of thing, especially if you read like the flavor text, it's in the rules, at least in the first edition. Yeah. And that's always really funny. Uh, there's, I, I think it's actually written. The rules were originally at least written as like an insurance adjuster telling you how the pieces of your ship worked. And it, and so they had a lot of like goofy side comms, stuff like that while still being pretty usable as rules go, which is a, a hard needle to thread. <laughs> and so, yeah. you know, there's that, I, I, I think we don't often, we haven't really talked about much of this kind of stuff about influence that games have had outside of, you know previous games but that's definitely one that's very strong here yeah i'd agree with that there's definitely a sort of douglas adamsy kind of humor running through that game for sure <clears throat> we have done exactly what me uh what matt pointed out that we should be doing which is we did influence the game first we should be do- doing how did we first come across the game because that's how i had it in the last few casts hey we're rusty <laughs> You can, you can leave the rusty in as well, actually, because it's kind of fun. If you, if you want, I'm just just a thought. It's up to you. Yeah. Anyway, we're just a bunch of guys. We're just we're just guys talking into microphones. That's all That's we true. are. Yeah. We're not pros or anything. So we're chat, not, GPT, no. chat GPT, you know, speech bot. That's all we are. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, chaps, how did you first come across the game? Anyway, for myself, uh, I picked up. I said in the notes around 2013, but I think it might have been a little bit later. I picked up secondhand. And as we've talked about before, one of the reasons I pick up games is to cater to my local group, which is like usually five, six players. And Galaxy Trucker kind of did that out of the box. And I got a couple of expansions with it as well with the secondhand copy. And I didn't really have a real-time game in my collection at the time. And yeah, it, it sort of filled all those niches and it was quite fun. Apart from the race bit of it is a bit weird, but we'll come to that in a bit. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I picked up to, to cater to a large group, basically. That's that's why that's why I picked up. And I quite like the style of it and the humor that you've just you've just mentioned as well, mate. Um worth mentioning, I think actually it doesn't play five or six players out of the box. That's an expansion. Um you don't oh, right. Maybe I picked up with the expansion. Yeah, you yeah. you said ah. that you had. So so I just think it's worth yeah. clarifying for the listeners. It it is it does only yeah. play up to four out of the box. Um both editions do. Um yeah. I I picked it up pretty early because I loved the sound of it. I, I just really, I, I, as I said earlier, I was true, hugely struck by its innovative quality, which which we now know was a genuine innovative quality. Uh, and I was really excited to play it. And um, so I, we devoured it. I used to go to a little gaming group that met in a pub at the time. Uh, and we played this several weeks on the trot, and we're just totally enchanted by that that real time aspect of the shipbuilding. Um, but then the games would just seem to fizzle out in a bit of a damp squib, which is you know, again, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, but to echo Ian's uh, feelings about the race aspect of it. Uh, it was never as popular, and eventually I, I got rid of it. And then I actually, after a hiatus of many years, picked it up uh, the new edition to play with the kids, um, and had exactly the same cycle all over again with the 2021 version. 
I, you know what? I remember in 2007, there were so many other big games coming out that we, you know, me and my friends were really excited about it. It kind of sucked the oxygen out of the room for a game like Galaxy Trucker. And so I didn't get to play it until uh, pro- probably six months, maybe a year later. I had a friend of mine who said, oh, hey, you got to play this. It's really cool. And so uh, that was when I played it, had a lot of fun with it. I didn't get my own copy. I think I got it in a math trade. Uh, which is a whole little gaming subculture thing that I don't know if I had, I'm not going to bother explaining now, but anyway, I, I, I traded something for it and uh, I got it. Oh, this is probably 2012 ish. And then within about a year or so, I think in another trade, I got the, the expansion and I had them all in one giant brick of a box. Like <laughs> I had everything packed in there and it's like, you know, the, the edges are starting to fray and that's just how I store games. Sorry if you had, if you own them after I do. Mate, games must be kept in absolutely perfect condition. Don't you know that? That's right. I'm like, starting a museum, not a collection. <laughs> As a, you know, I, I had a lot of fun with it. I, I, <laughs> you know, we're, we're going to talk about some of our experiences with it a little more critically later on, but I was always the one teaching it. And eventually what happened is I ended up trading away the game in a process when I, we were going through a big move and I had to move a lot of games and it was just kind of below the line at that point. I hadn't played it for a while. So I ended up moving on from it, but I still actually quite enjoy it. And I would go, I would definitely take the chance to play it again, but you know, it's kind of been uh, moved on from kind of broadly, which is why we're here today. So what do you think was the impact at the time Galaxy Trucker came out? I mean, I, I, I came to it a bit later and I came to sort of uh, Vlada Chavatel's sort of like oeuvre a bit later as well. He's always seemed like an incredibly diverse designer to me. He seems to like produce all sorts of games across lots of different genres and all of them are relatively or very successful. I, I, I had a quick look at like his sort of back catalogue for, for this cast and he'd only released a couple of games before then. One, of course, was to the ages which is massively popular and kind of made his name but this feels like he veered in a totally different direction which seems to be what he yeah. does quite a lot i mean this was i think his third game i might be missing a minor one but his first yeah. one i think was prophecy prophecy was kind of the first big one and i think prophecy was an early z-man release i want to say like 2006 or something 2005 maybe 2000 two according to this oh wow okay longer ago than i thought prophecy yeah prophecy was essentially and i've not played it because it's been out of print for a long time now but prophecy was basically someone trying to take a game like talisman and trying to make it a little more sane which if you ask me kind of misses the point of talisman because i really love that game Um, but it's uh, it, it was an adventure game and i think it actually generated at least one expansion i might be misremembering but his big thing that kind of arrived you know put him on the stage in front of everyone was through the ages and through the ages you know still now there's a second edition of that now and that's a that's a re- really quite a design as well and now we have galaxy trucker and those three games i've not played prophecy but from what i understand these three games are nothing like each other Although I will say that through the ages in Galaxy Trucker both do have an emphasis on there's a huge space for optimizing for optimized strategy. You can get very good at both games. I'm much more the type who's going to be good at Galaxy Trucker than through the ages, even though through the ages is the game I have now. (laughs) But um, they both have a huge latitude for familiarity with the system and for understanding feedback loops within the game. And uh, that's that has been a constant through almost all of Shavadal's titles that I've played, which I've you know, it's been a little while since I've revisited some of them. But it definitely was like the third new thing he had done in as many games. Yeah, I I certainly back when this came out, uh, Shavadal was probably my favorite designer Um, and and I I still rate him very highly. I I think it's dropped off a bit because he hasn't really released anything. He coasts now really on the success of code names, uh, which is well-deserved, but he hasn't really put out anything particularly interesting since then. Uh, But at the time, you know, I was a a huge fan of him uh, and and I can only really support what uh, what Nate's just said. I think it's very striking that all of his games up and including Galaxy Trucker are taking traditional 
well, this isn't really true of Gallagher. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a tar lane game, yeah, so we'll say it's probably true of that as well. They're taking fairly traditional, well-known game styles and completely turning them on their head with new concepts. You know, the idea of of, of, of sort of like bringing strategy into, into a Talism-style quest game with prophecy at the time. It was certainly the game that did that the best. Through the ages, recreate Civ without a map, which is kind of nuts, really. But it, I don't know. Nuts. I, I, still, I, I still feel that way whenever I play it. Like, I, I can't believe someone conceived of this giant game that hits all the Civ high points and still, but is just cards. And it works. Yeah, it works really well. I've never played it, I have to admit. Oh, you should play it. Okay. Yeah, it's one of my list of, yeah. It's got a great app. It's got a great app. But a great app. Um, It is one of my all-time favorite games, top three all-time favorite games. It's brilliant. And then, of course, yeah, we've talked about how Galaxy Trucker brought real time uh, into the world of tile laying. So, you know, he's definitely a man that comes along and upends things. And, and he invented it, the whole genre with code names. We're going, going ahead of ourselves now. Um, but I think the point I want to make on this is that although uh, Galaxy Trucker um, kind of, you know, it was attached, his name was attached to it. He was already quite well known. Through the Ages was a big hit already when it came out in yeah. 2006. And so, this is a big departure, quite a bold departure, really, I suppose, considering people might have been expecting a more Euro-esque follow-up after a heavyweight strategy game like Through the Ages. Uh, but he's he's done um, another about-face and done something, you know, completely new uh, and, and total departure from what he's done before. The, the thing I find interesting about it is that he immediately went and made another real-time game, Space Alert. Uh, yeah. <laughs> bringing you know there's there's some impact i would assume again i've not looked at interviews or anything to back this up but this is on the success of pandemic one would have thought you know trying to do a cooperative game but while everybody else was was sort of like copycatting pandemic he comes along and brings this this whole real-time idea to the to the cop genre he made a timed version of robo rally <laughs> yeah, i know <laughs> um, but yeah, he must really again, a game i've never played but i've heard very good things about yeah um, but yeah, the, the you know he must have liked it because it's it's still rare. You know this this is something we'll come on to later. I don't know, but real time has never really taken off as a mechanic, and yet here's a designer, a well known designer, who's used it in two high profile titles back to back. So I, I presume he gets a lot of pressure out of it. Yeah, you know, it, I, I was going to say a couple of things. He actually went to the the format of Galaxy Trucker, which is you have one phase of kind of do of building a thing or doing a thing and then a second phase it's almost a resolution phase he he went to that well actually a few times after this because he did uh space alert which has that same cycle now it's a real-time you know program movement kind of thing that you're racing around and it's like a 10-minute game but then you basically resolve a bunch of cards and see how well you did uh, you know, like there's, I've not played it as often, but there's this sort of, it's basically a resolution step. And then there's have something similar that happened in uh, Dungeon Keeper, which was another game he made a year or two after this. And that one had the same thing. Now that one used worker placement, a little more conventional, because uh, that was the thing at the time. But you're a guy building a dungeon and then the heroes come and they destroy your dungeon and whoever can weather that the best wins. And so it's almost a weirdly... If we, you know, if we want to compare him to another designer, there's almost a weirdly like Stefan Feld kind of quality to it. And that Stefan Feld made game, makes games that are like tough as nails and kind of you have to learn how to survive them and then thrive in what he's doing to you. The difference being that Vlada Shavadal makes fun games and Stefan Feld makes really irritating games that make me a little mad. So... <laughs> That's, Please email that's like, all your complaints to me. <laughs> I, I, I do like I like Castles of Burgundy okay, and I remember like no, liking Notre Dame. But man, I am not built for Stefan Feld, but I do like Chivadal as a rule. Uh, j- just a little note there that the game Nate was referring to is actually called Dungeon Lords. Dungeon um, Lords. Dungeon uh, Keeper is the video Dungeon, game. Is the computer game. Dungeon Keeper is the computer game that is almost definitely influenced by. The yes. only other Battle game I had at one point, I don't have it anymore, was Mage Knight. And Mage Knight is oh, ma- oh, boy. incredibly <laughs> weird adventure game that is very, very hard to get your head around. But if you ever want to see a game that represents a snapshot of every popular mechanic at a moment in time <laughs> in board game design, Mage Knight is the one to do because it's got everything that was popular in games at that point. Like he just threw it's things a, on a wall and everything stuck, and he just went, "I'm going to put all this in the game." Woo! It's 
man i completely forgot about mage knight and i own that game and i played it a ton and it's it that that game of, of of any game I've really liked, that one has come the closest to being proper work to play. Yeah. Like it's it, it's oh like God, the, it's like a Dark Souls kind of tough. Like you just have to like learn. You got to learn it, and the game's just going to train you, and you're going to fail a lot. It, 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 is, it is sort of amazing. I think I, I actually gave it to a friend because I was I was getting rid of it, and they wanted it. So if I want to go back and play, it, I can. But I'm not sure I, I want to go back to that game. It, it's it's, it's, it's kind of amazing. It's just it's too long, but it is yeah. If you just want to see a snapshot of all the mechanics that were popular in 2011 uh, when Mage Knight came out, go and play Mage Knight because it's just all the <laughs> popular mechanics in a single yeah. game. It's quite yeah. extraordinary. It just for, for me, I mean, I, I've, I've played it. I enjoyed it. I think it's a, it's a very, it's an admirable design in many ways, but like a lot of kind of, I mean, it's not a heavyweight war game, but it, it belongs on that pile of heavyweight war sure. games that are just, I'm not going to play this, however good it is, because right. it takes too long and there's too much downtime. And so I, that that passed out of my collection, sadly, with with a degree of regret. You know, I wish it were otherwise because there's so much to enjoy in there. Uh, but yeah. it's it's uh, it's it's too much, too much work. Let, let's let's stop criticizing other Vladimir Battle games and get on to criticizing this Vladimir Battle <laughs> game. Uh, uh, so for, so for myself, uh, like I said earlier, it's one of those games I picked up because it's a plot high player count. Now, we played it for a bit, but I think we moved on because although we really enjoyed like the spaceship building part of the game, where you're basically just doing that like, like slot machine thing of getting getting tiles and building this stupid spaceship, the two the trips were just a bit too much. It was a bit too long going round and round that loop of like building and then doing the trip and then building and doing the trip and building and doing the trip. I think it was three in the original. Yeah. But from what you guys said, the new version's only got one, which actually makes me a lot more interested in it, to be honest. But yeah, I think it just got a bit too much. I also, for how kind of light the game feels to play, I found the teach incredibly hard. It's it's it, you have to front load a lot of information because you're doing that real time aspect, and players kind of need to know what those each of those tiles does. And I just found that that, that teaching it really hard, and it's one of the teaching games is one of those things that I've become more cognizant of as I've gone older. And I tend to be the teacher of games as well when I go to groups and that kind of thing. So, like, how easy a game to teach is quite important to me. And Galaxy Trucker definitely has a, a bit too much, I think, up, up front. The original edition, I remember this very clearly, had, like, training missions. So so it had, like, you know, the basic... Oh, that's right. Uh, and then it would introduce new elements as, as, yeah. as you went on. And I don't know, I'm afraid, whether the new edition has that, because I just jumped straight in because I knew how to play it uh, when yeah. I got it, and I didn't really look at the rule book. But the trouble is, uh, as you mentioned, Ian, that, that although that's absolutely fine to do an iterative approach to learning these complex relatively complex rules of how you put your ship together which are important because you don't just need to know what the tiles are supposed to do after the building round is finished everyone's supposed to look at everyone else's designs uh, and, and any mistakes that are spotted are just got to like chucked yeah. out and you can you can if you're being mean uh, you can destroy some of your ship that way even yeah yeah before <laughs> you even even take take to the air and and you know so and this being a competitive game of course people are going to do that you know so uh, so yeah. you do need to know the rules you need to know these these uh ship building rules and, and get them right the first time but the point is that the iterative process whereby you do a chunk of the game and then you do the flight and then you do it again involves doing the flight <laughs> and uh, as, you, as you mentioned Ian it, it really I mean I, I would actually put it even in stronger terms I actually think it's it, this is a game of two halves one of which is quite brilliant um, and I don't want to hog the airways but at some point we should talk about quite why that is so brilliant that that real-time aspect of puzzling these things together because there's so many aspects to it go, go, go ahead yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Um, cool. We'll go with it. Okay. So, so basically, um, it is a hugely. It's like doing a hugely satisfying jigsaw puzzle. Except there's more than, than just a jigsaw puzzle. You, it's not just getting the, the right pieces and putting them in the right place, but it's like you've got to optimize your build. You've got to make sure that lasers are pointing in the right place and the cargo places are in the right place and the, the, you've got thrusters at the back and, and shields at the side and things like that. So there's all these rules buzzing around in your head that you're trying to apply real time. But the real sticker is that every time you turn a piece up and you decide not to use it, you have to put it back face up. Yeah, which everybody else then 
gets because you you normally take them face down. Everybody else they, they then can add it to their designs, and it's probably exactly what everybody else is searching for. So there's a real pressure to not only get it right, but to find a place um, for your 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 you know every tile that you pick up. So you've got this kind of. Um, I hate to use the word optimization again, but is it better that I fit this into my design, or is it, do I risk like abandoning it uh, to, to the for the other players to use and giving them an advantage? And then on top of that, you're allowed to look at some of the event cards for the upcoming flight, which will help you build your ship. But of course, you've got to remember it. You know, you're having looked at it while you've got a dozen other things. I don't think I ever succeeded in, in, <laughs> oh, in no. looking at the cards, Absolutely. or if I did, I just like was like I, I don't remember it. Five seconds later, what am I doing? The, you're, well, you're also, you know, you're also allowed to hold back tiles, like yeah, to save a couple. Yep. Yeah. And not, not many, like two or three. I think it's just corresponding to what level you're at, but you can actually hold on to stuff if you want to. But yeah, it's, um, you got to make a lot and you can even manage the time flow itself. Like, cause there's a sand timer and the sand timer, it, it gets flipped over when someone decides it's time to flip it over after it's run out. And so if someone is really good at the real time, they can really push that thing forward and make it make it really much more frantic for the players who are kind of struggling with it this is why my wife hated 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 this game and you know there aren't <laughs> now we've now found several games that i like that she's really not into but this was one of the earliest and i thought oh she might really dig this she super did not and i think she felt a lot of pressure to to do well early on yeah it's I've, uh, I've forgotten about the timer mechanic i did love that mechanic where you could just go well, I'm okay, Flip. Yeah, <laughs> right. The thing is, all these things are only good if you're experienced with the game. Sure, yeah. It's, a, it's such a hard game to teach because you're exactly right, Ian. It's got so much stuff that you need to understand before you can start. And then it throws you in something where you can't fall back on like, oh, it's your turn. I'll explain what happens. You just kind of throws you in. Okay, we're all playing at the same time. I hope you did it right, you know. <laughs> and that you can, like, it, it's... You know, it's possible to make that work, probably, to, to make that feel like, okay, I know what I'm doing right away. But I, in my experience, I, let, let, let's put it this way. I have, I, I don't track my plays, but I would suspect that I've won about 80% of my games of Galaxy Trucker. The reason is, I'm the one who's most familiar with the rules. I'm most yeah. familiar with the, the kind of the spread of the cards. Like, that's the thing you need to know. Like, you want to invest in engines because there might be a few cards that have what they call open space and open space lets you really blast on ahead. You need to know that kind of stuff before you're building your ship and you almost just need to have a, a flop game and then let yourself like be okay that I lost badly and what can kind of end up being sort of a long game. It can, it's at least an hour and a half long if, if you're playing the old version and, uh, and then just like, well, I guess I'll do better next time. Maybe hopefully you had enough fun to do that, but that's no guarantee. I, I'm not entirely sure. I agree that it's, it's um, a game that, well, obviously you benefit from experience, but as long as everyone's on roughly the same level, then it doesn't matter so much. And surely that's true of all games. You say you've won 80% because you know the rules best. Well, that's surely that's true of most games that aren't just a, a, a crapshoot. You'd think so, but I, <laughs> I, 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 I will say this is a particular, it, it is an optimization exercise, right? I mean, it's, it's hap the difference is, is that everyone who plays board games is used to optimization things happening in a structured t thing with no time limit, you know? Whereas this is like done under pressure, you need to make instantaneous decisions and you need to do it fast. And I, frankly, I actually, I, I do know a bit of this about myself. I don't have a chance, when I don't have the chance to overthink stuff, I will do much better in this game than I might in like a game that would have the same kind of detail, but that I have to, uh, you know, I can think about it every time, you know, like, I, or at least I'm going to be better at that than a lot of other people at the table. So there is kind of a personal thing to that. I'm a lot better at this game than I was at, say, Dungeon Lords, and I'm a way better than I ever would be at Space Alert. And I'm useless at Space Alert because I can't do pre-programmed movement to save my life. So I think there is something about Galaxy Trucker that I am I have an aptitude for, but point well taken. <laughs>
But I think that where I was going with my discussion before is that, you know, I don't know, I will defend that real-time building bit because I think it's awesome. I think it's, it's so much fun. Um, and then it just it just throws the whole lot off the cliff um, in, in the second half of the game, <laughs> almost literally, almost literally, you know, because you, you've built this this joyous thing um, and then you just sit and you watch stuff happen to it. And it's it's not even that you just get to sit and watch stuff happen to it. That would be bearable. What makes it worse is that you have to do a bunch of tiresome overhead whilst watching stuff happen to it. It's like you've still got to roll dice and, and check where your ship's been hit and uh, and and make yeah. what are... I mean, the idea is there are decisions to be made. You know, when you do open space, do you fire your engines? When you meet pirates, do you fight them? All that kind of things. But the trouble is that while those those choices have clearly been put in their design there to to, to give some more enjoyment uh, and and a, a sense of participation in that in that race element they're mostly inconsequential they're, they're either obvious decisions like you know if you've got fuel use the engines this is this isn't a big deal or they're ones that uh, that you can't predict or or um, can't do anything about like um whether you, you you're not going to fight a pirate if you haven't got the lasers to do it, you know, and, and, and things yeah. like that. So you really are just sat there, just doing boring calculations for half an hour whilst watching your ship fall apart, and and it's 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 bad, frankly, you know, especially after all the excitement of that initial uh, initial building phase, um, and in the old version, as you point out, Ian, you had to do it three times. Yeah, and and I I have never found a way of overcoming that, but the the initial element is so good um, that I forgot about the bad bit and and did it all over again <laughs> as we've discussed and um, it drew me in for a second time a second bite of the cherry because it's so much fun um, and, and you, you get, get to build a bigger ship each time as mm. well don't you if I remember well you can do you can do it, it depends on how you structure the game but yeah there is that option and, and of course yeah bigger ships just more stuff happens to them and the, the race bit goes on for even longer it just doesn't work very well the race aspect no. and it's, it's such a shame you know, you know what, Matt? I, I think what you're saying is kind of the downside of Vlada Chavadl as a designer. He has some, he's a, he's a really good designer. And I want to be very clear that I, I really admire a lot of his work. But he's got a lot of games that feel very mechanical. And sometimes that works. I think it mostly works in Through the Ages, especially in the new, somewhat streamlined, at least more consistent current version that's on the market now. Through the Ages makes it worth the trouble, I think. Because actually when you're playing that game, it feels like, okay, the, there's a flow here. But he's never been, until he did Codenames, he was not great with flow in, in a game. A game that feels like it's, you know, like it's moving from one element to the next. It, they would always kind of, there'd be this grinding of gears and it's like, okay, it's time to do this part where you got to resolve stuff. That was definitely true of Dungeon Lords, definitely true of Space Alert. Space Alert had the virtue of being like a 15-minute game. But still, you're doing that. And it was really true in Mage Knight, which has so much mechanical grit for a, you know, what is ostensibly a Euro style game that it's, you know, you spend half the time just trying to process what's happening mechanically. And so I, I, I think that's it's not as pervasive. Like, I, I don't actually mind the race part in this. But I think you're right in saying that it, it's kind of it's definitely a come down after the really fun real time part. Yeah, you're you're right about that in Mage Knight because you've got things like, like you're you even got like a role selection mechanic at the start of each turn and things like that in Mage Knight. Oh gosh, where, yeah, uh, they, don't, they don't they seem basically kind of pointless. But like I said earlier, it's like a snapshot of all the mechanics that were cool and popular at the time. It was all the game thrown into a single game, and it's just you just like come across the next bit and you think like, oh, this will be easy, and it's not because it's another mechanic. Yeah, I remember. I, I remember being aggravated about this in Dungeon Lords, which I've not. I had a really strong first impression on. Just, I think the theme was really carrying me. It was really fun, and then like there's this whole thing where the heroes come and they wreck your dungeon up, and it. Like I'm, I'm okay with a game that has that cycle, but there's just a lot of process. You have to go to this phase and go to this phase, move this thing over here. What's the counter say? Roll the dice to you. Know, it's like it's the joke version of a Euro game almost. <laughs> um, and it's it's worth it a lot of times and for a lot of people. But if you are stuck in a bat, like the worst gaming experience I've ever had was with the Vlada Shavadal game. And I don't blame the game, but it was Dungeon Pets. 
And I was with, I was at a convention and there were two people who just clearly were waiting for a different third person to show up. And I was the one who showed up and they played it with me. It was miserable. It was two and a half hours and the game gave me nothing to help. It was so tough to just wrap my head around it in this way where no one, you know, it was like, we're reading from the instructions and learning the game and they're not games where you could ever do that. Yeah. They just have a lot of overhead and a lot of process as a rule, with one notable exception, which I'll talk about later. We've said it's like sort of the, the sort of dawn almost of like real time mechanics into board games. What, what's been the influence since then on on sort of modern era board games, the, the current era of board games? It seems like it seems to me like his his back catalog accelerated a bit after that. You've got like. As I've said, we've got Space Alert 2008, Dungeon Lords 2009, Dungeon Pets, Mage Knight, the board game, and Pictomania all in 2011. All I think all of these three Czech Games Edition, he basically became attached to Czech Games Edition. As yeah, I think he was actually one of the founders. Yeah. Actually, and that's something of real impact the game had right there, which is I think it sort of put Czech, Czech Games Editions on the map as a, sure. as a major publisher of European games and, and specifically Central European games. There's sort of a, you know, boy, we could talk about this stuff. You know, I talked about Citadel's kind of codifying the French school yeah. of design. I don't know if I'd say that there's a single Central European school of design, but if it is, it's probably Vlada Shavadal. Like, he's got such a distinctive brand on how he designs games. Sure. What do you think has been the influence on, on like, modern board games then from from Galaxy Truck. I mean, I've I've tried a few real-time games since then. I tried, like, Escape at the Curse of the Temple, which was all right. I've reviewed some real-time dice games, which are all, quite frankly, kind of terrible. I can't, you can't even remember their names now. That's how bad they were. My brain has just rejected them. <laughs> like, no, don't, don't care about that anymore. Just not remembering. But I, I, can't, I can't think of any sort of real-time games in the sort of, like, last two, three years that have really caught fire at all? I, I think there's a fundamental problem with real-time games, um, which, which is why it took Galaxy Tr Trucker, you know, 2007 for it to take off, and then Banana Grams, obviously, before then, um, which is that there's just a fund... It's one of those things, there's a fundamental clash between thinking fast and planning well. It is... It is very difficult to the whole the whole concept of real time is that you are trying to plan well under pressure, and if you are the kind of person that likes making plans, that pressure is generally anathema to you, you know, um, because you want to do it well, you know, you you want to optimize uh, effectively. So, I think there's just it's just got this. It's constantly like riding a bike and sticking a spoke in its own wheel. Real time games. It's it's really. And, and I, I say that some of the because I am not a, a, a lover of optimization. I actually really enjoy um, real time games on the whole. But there are, as you point out, in very few very good examples. Jungle Speed. You could you could argue. Oh God, uh, Jungle Speed. A, yeah. It's not yeah. for the last couple of years, but that's maybe one of the most successful yeah. examples. Are you Jungle Speed? It's good. Yeah. yeah, one real time game I really liked a lot was Magic Maze. I thought that game was a lot of oh, fun. Oh yeah, 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 Magic Maze. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Magic Maze is probably oh. the most recent big one I can think of. Yeah, I'll tell you my yeah, favorite actually is is the um, is the I can't remember the name. Is it Five Minute Dungeon? Oh yeah, oh, that game's Five Minute Dungeon and yeah. Five Minute Marvel. If you haven't played Five Minute Dungeon, but um, another good one is uh, Millennium Blades. Although that's the, the real time is that got a real-time component to it? It has, oh, yes. Right? Yeah, you're, you're oh, supposed boy. to collect cards. In it's more like a timer than a real-time. Okay. And it, it's, it's been ages since I've played that. Timers work better that, than this kind of competitive real-time grabbing and trying to arrange things in real-time. It's just, 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 it's a simpler, slightly calmer way of putting the same pressure onto players, I think. Yeah. Coming to think of it, I've got a game in my review pile right now, which has got a real time element, and it's very recent. Pendulum from Stonemaier Games. Oh yes. I, I, I've only I've only managed to get it to table once, so I can't really say what my views on it are yet. But yeah, it's got like a sort of timed sort of worker placement element, which I kind I kind of like the mechanisms. The sort of whole actual package of the game feels a bit disjointed at the moment. I haven't played it much. But yeah, it's, it's got a real time element, but I, I, it wasn't received very well at the time. No, but I think you can you can kind of well in my head anyway. I can kind of think you can make a distinction between a, a game with a timed phase because uh, like yeah. um, uh, like 
Millennium yeah. Blade, um, uh, and a game where you are trying to operate with other players in real time, which is what yeah. Galaxy Trucker is, um, and what Five is, where, where, where you're trying to do it in a, in a cooperative sense. But the thing is that I don't think, while it's problematic, while there is this problematic crash, I don't think there has been a better game with real-time element or a better real-time phase than that building in Galaxy Trucker. It is so much fun. It's so it's very skillful, you know, as you point yeah. out, winning 80% of games. And it's just a great shame that, that, it, that it's saddled with this, <laughs> with this unfortunate um, race phase afterwards because I don't think that aspect of it has been bettered. You know, one thing about Galaxy Trucker compared to a lot of other real-time games, it's a good deal heavier in terms of weight and rules weight, I should say. Yeah. And uh, because of the nature of having to make a lot of split-second decisions, it that that really throws a lot of static in the optimization part of it, which is one one thing I really like about it. But it's got a lot more under the hood going on than a lot of other games that use the same kind of thing. I actually think the biggest, so the, the two biggest things, one, I think Vlada Shavadal really kind of took off and became, you know, he's, he, he, he became the guy we know him as now the, the designer we know him as now. And I, there's a couple other games we haven't even mentioned stuff like Tosh Kalar, which is a game that some people really, really dig. It's a very specific kind of game. One that I kind of hate, but some people really, really, it it worked for them so well. And I know, and I know those people and I'm sure, I, I, I hope they have a lot of fun with it because I did not. And I think, you know, I, I think Codenames is actually the one that I find the most remarkable yeah. just because of how human it is. It deals, and I think this is the person in me who's kind of a nerd about perspective and communication and how people, what people think they're saying when they're saying something. And I've never seen a game that just embraces that so thoroughly. That to me is like, you know, I, I, I don't want to say that his best game is the one that's least like all the others, but that's that to me is just the most impressive thing that he was able to harness that in that game. But as Matt says, he hasn't really done much since then. I think probably the biggest influence is that I think there's a certain frivolity at the heart of Galaxy Trucker that it kind of broke a barrier almost that you could have a lot of heavier games, medium to heavy games that were still had at least maybe a silly theme and they were willing to engage with it. A good example, another Czech games edition is at last will where your, oh, your yeah, goal yeah. is to try to burn off as much of your fortune as you can. So that basically yeah, you, Brewster's, so you Brewster's can, millions, the board game. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's a Brewster's millions kind of game. That's a funny concept for a game and it leans into it. It says, yeah, this is a thing we're doing. Another one is at the, I don't know if it's a check games, but it, maybe it's a stronghold game, but it's the one about the, where you're trying to like do your legacy and you have to like, you have like your ancestors go, or your descendants come after you and you have to like plan who's going to get what in your will. It's, it's, I think it's called legacy of Duke. Ah, now I got, I got to go to the board game geek mobile. Likes the testament of Duke DeCressy. That's the one. That's the one. Thank you. It's Life good. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that, that's a really good game. And it's a really, interesting fascinating kind of theme and i and it's just another game that's like I like those, those aren't neither one of those games is very much like galaxy trucker you know at, at the face but they're just unusual themes that are executed in kind of medium heavy euros and this is now kind of a thing that i i i, I don't remember medium heavy euros were pretty uh stayed and frankly a little musty galaxy trucker came out and this kind of really shook that up and now i think it sort of made it so that you can you can do a lot of interesting themes and really engage with them and make still a, a fairly strategic game with it do you think the 2021 edition is going to like reinvigorate the interest in real-time games maybe have its own sort of set of influences on on games going forward well here's the thing because we're kind of slating this a little bit, that second phase in particular. Nate's obviously a bit keener than, than the other two of us. But somebody at CGE clearly thought it was not just worth a re-release, but, but a whole new edition with new artwork. And if you look, you know, just at the stats of the game, it's still pretty popular. Uh, and it still receives, uh, you know, a, a degree of, of critical acclaim. And... I'm not sure that we're right, really, in saying that this is a game that's ever really gone away. 
Um, in some respects, I think it's kind of coasted on its, its or, or it's ridden, not coasted, that's a better word, uh, ridden its, it, the success of that innovative real-time element um, that, it, that it does so well, uh, right up from its release in 2007 to the modern era, because you know, it, it's, it's not a, uh, an unpopular game. It's not a game that a lot of people do sort of like slate that second half. A lot of people, I think, just quite enjoy sitting there and watching their ships break apart. So... You know, to, I, I'm not sure that it really needs to sort of like reinvigorate real-time gaming. I think it's kind of just like a, a background presence that just ticks away quietly and remains popular. It helps a lot. That there's really no other game that you can compare it to. Even now, there's, you know, you can kind of say the rhythm of the games that came after that, that Shavadal did after this one had like the same sort of structure, but they're not really that much like this one. And so it's never really been... You know, it's not like Agricola where you see it and you're like, oh, well, this is a good worker placement game. But, you know, Rosenberg's made a lot of worker placement games since then. And there's a lot of other ones. And so, you know, if you if you say that's a really good game still, you're kind of just like being stubborn like me. But you can't do that with Galaxy Trucker. There's no it can't be fired by another game. Yeah, that, that, I think that's entirely fair. I can't th- I, I really can't think of anything to compare it to, really. I mean, we can talk about other real time games that I played, but. There's nothing quite the same, really. And what, like Matt's saying there, like someone at Check Games Edition obviously thinks that too, because they brought out a new edition. They're bringing out expansions for that new edition as well. And yeah, it has been around. It's been around since its release, pretty much. I don't think it ever stopped being printed. I think it's just been ticking away in the background, just being on shelves, just being a thing you could buy. It, so, it did go out of print for a little while. That's why there oh, was a new edition. But there's, there's uh, still, okay. there's still, you know, like I say, that there must have been an appetite for it there, for it to, yeah. to, uh, to, to justify that re-release. And and the stats suggest that people are buying, you know, that re-release and rating it and and uh, and enjoying it. Should they be though, chaps? Should should we recommend Galaxy Trucker to the current generation of board gamers? I buy you do play the app. So this is what yeah. we said at the beginning. Play the app. There, there really is no reason not to play the app because it, it, it's... Uh, it does sound good. It, I'm going to check it out. All the good stuff about the game, all that fun building aspect, but it streamlines it all, helps teach you the rules, and then the uh, the boring bit, you get it over and done with as soon as possible, so it's far less boring. So, you know, absolutely play the app um, and then see what you think of it. And, and if you enjoy it, then perhaps you can consider the, the physical board game. A lot of people yeah. do think it, think more of it than, than, than I seem to. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. The app, well, well I'm, I'm always someone who would always rather play the physical game. I, I actually can't think of an exception. However, with Galaxy Trucker, the, the app does have the advantage of kind of uh, foregrounding the most, the most enjoyable part of the experience. And, and because you're like, you know, moving with your finger to kind of pull the, pull the tiles down, there's a very tactile kind of enjoyment to it that other board game apps don't give you. And so I, I, I think that's the that's why it's just such an impressive app that it's able to capture that and it's able to take what makes the game really enjoyable while kind of putting in the background stuff that's less enjoyable. I, I, I like it in person. I would rather do it that way. But the app's an awesome way to learn. And it's a really low investment way to learn, too, for, a, you know, for buying any games. They're all expensive these days. So, yeah, I don't much to add to that. That definitely sounds like a good idea. I haven't played the app so definitely check that out and it's one of the nice things about the sort of current era of board games is there are often like an app version that you can try out and see if it's for you there's an app there is a very good web portal version of codenames for instance which is totally free Mm -hmm. and official and it is excellent and i think quite a lot of people are using it during lockdown to sort of play some codenames with family members and that kind of thing so it's great that sort of stuff exists and i think it's just the trend now there's quite a lot of board game apps now that sort of ape the board game quite well and can teach you it quite well like we talked about in our Twilight Struggle episode thank you very much for listening everyone Uh, we'll see you next time on Cult of the Old goodbye for now bye bye everyone thanks very much for listening editing for the cast was done by me Ian McAllister the music for the cast was provided by my brother-in-law David Oliver with my friend Alistair McLeod our logo was created by Rachel Wines Thrower if you like what you've listened to then the best way to help us out is by telling your friends about us and leave us a review and rating on your podcast host of choice You'll also find the cast on thecultoftheold.com, where you can find writing about older games. You can follow the hosts on Twitter. I'm at the Giant Brain. Matt is at Matt Thra, that's M-A-T-T-T-H-R. Nate is at Sanil Defanso, that's S-A-N-I-L-D-E-F-A-N-S-O. 
You can come and chat to the team and fellow game enthusiasts on our Discord, and there'll be an invite to that in the show notes. If you'd like to support us financially, you can do so through our Ko-Fi, and I'll put a link to that as well. You can send the cast an email about any of the games we've covered, should cover, or anything else really, at cultoftheolduk at gmail.com. Bye for now.